If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Roto Hour here on SportsGrid TV. I am Davis Maddock, joined today by Ricky Sanders. Uh, and we we haven't talked about the KBO here on the show for a couple weeks, Ricky, the Korea Baseball Organization. But uh, the last time we did, we had a, a pretty in-depth conversation about the, uh, the KBO outright betting markets, you know, with kind of the way that things had been different this year. We talked about how the Doosan Bears bullpen had really been letting them down. Down. So what what shifts have we seen in the KBO market that has made you you know more interested in what's going on with them right now? There have been massive, massive shifts since the last time we talked. I believe the last time we talked, we were telling people to take the LG twins as a value. And for me, that hasn't changed. But I honestly think the NC Dinos are no longer the favorite here which is a crazy thing to say, considering they still lead the league. But the Kiwoom heroes, I think, have made such a massive shift that I think we need to discuss all the things that are going right with this Kiwoom team. First of all, Kiwoom might have two MLB prospects, like legitimately. Uh, I didn't realize until basically a few weeks ago that Jung-Hoo Lee, their outfielder who is arguably the best contact guy in the entire league, who has started to develop some power this year, He's 21 years old. So I thought Ha Seung Kim was probably the best pro prospect on this team. And right now, Ha Seung Kim might be the best all-around player on the team. But because we're talking about a 21-year-old kid at Jung-Hoo Lee, I think this guy's got the best chance in the, in the entire league to, to get interest from the MLB because you can have him for so long. And look, Lee leads the team with a 162 WRC+, plus 441 WOBA. He has just been unbelievable. So 
I mean, just starting off with just the two guys in the lineup that are excellent before talking about Byung-Ho Park, who's, you know, hit 50 homers in this league, uh, you're talking about a clear good offense here. But how about this addition of Addison Russell? Um, I don't think this could be understated of the, the, the foreign players in this league. I'm not sure any one of them are better than Addison Russell right now. And I know Roberto Ramos was a guy that hit 30 homers in the altitude in the minor leagues uh, of Colorado, but Addison Russell's a proven MLB guy, sort of like Dan Straley was at the, you know, at the starting pitcher. And really what happened with Addison Russell was off the field issues. It was some domestic violence issues and that got him kicked out of the league. But you know, you put him in a middle infield in the KBO, and we've seen him, you know, have a decent MLB season. I think he's just going to be one of the best hitters immediately, like literally one of the best five hitters in this league. We've seen Tyler Saladino have some success. Addison Russell's better than, than Tyler Saladino. Um, I mean, Addison Russell's just an unbelievable defensive player, so he's going to solidify an already great Kiwoon defense. Uh, I think there's just so much to say about, you know, this offense now. And really what's been the struggles of Kiwoom all year long, look, they've had one of the best bullpens, their second in bullpen ERA. They have some just nasty guys towards the end of the bullpen, but is the fact that they rank seventh in starter ERA. But, like, the reason that was the case is because one of their foreign players was Jake Brigham, who's a former MLB pitcher. Uh, he's been out for a few months with an issue, and he came back and threw a gem his first time back. And so if Brigham's in this rotation, all of a sudden they don't have to plug holes anymore. We're talking about, you know, Sung Ho Lee uh, as one of the starters that, that they've been using to fill in, a guy with over a 5 fip. Wante Choi is a guy who has had success before, but has been brutal this year. Basically, now you have a Jokic Brigham 1-2. Like, I think this team is the favorite, and they're only plus 320 in the outright betting on FanDuel right now. I think everything tells me that this Kiwoom Heroes team is by far the best in the league now. Yeah, if you want to, uh, you know, if you want to think about Addison Russell, so this is kind of what the, this is kind of how good he was in Major League Baseball. Career 150 isolated slugging, uh, 17 stolen bases over uh, 615 games, 60 home runs over just a shade over 2,200 plate appearances, 8% walk rate, 24% K rate, uh, and, you know, a, a reasonable, you know, not, not above league average, but a reasonable weighted on base average of 304. And then we compare that to someone like Tyler Saladino, who was, first of all, never even, uh, you know, never even a major like not an everyday player right when he played for the White Sox like he was like a, a guy who would play every once in a while he played in 326 major league games he had a 267 weighted on base average a 104 isolated slugging and then 28 steals and 19 home runs over just over a shade over a thousand plate appearances so I I think you could say Addison Russell is probably about twice as good as Tyler Saladino, just based off of that sample, you know, thinking about the type of guy that he is as a major league baseball hitter. And he is coming over and still might not even be the best hitter on the NC Dinos roster. Like that's how good their lineup is that they have Ha Sung Kim and Jae Lee, who are like legit guys who might be, you know, whatever in the Yankees organization, in the Boston Red Sox organization next year. And uh, all of that talent is on one team that also has, you know, decent pitching. 
Yeah, yeah. and I mean, I just want to talk with Addison Russell. Like, think about Byung-Ho Park as a guy who hits 50 homers in this league multiple times. He was a guy who was under 300 Woba against both sides of the plate in the MLB. So look at Addison Russell as a guy who was over 300. Like, that's going to translate. And then we talk about Jake Brigham, who I mentioned, uh, basically had just a tiny bit of big league experience. He had 12 appearances with the Braves in 2015. He, he had a FIP just over four in those appearances. So it's not like he was bad. I mean, he was a guy who was in AAA for quite a while with, with different organizations. But he's coming off a year last year. 3-2-3 FIP in the KBO, under a 3 ERA, like barely gave up any homers at all, 0.28. And he just started the year, there was something not right. He went to the injured list and he looked better when he's come back. But like the overall sample of him since 2018, over a 20% K rate in this league, under 0.65 homers per nine. These are all very solid numbers. A 298 Woba allowed is basically the same as Casey Kelly, who's been a good pitcher in this league. That's a monster guy to get back. So, yeah, I don't think we can overstate just how good this is. I think the bet to make now is the Kiwoom Heroes future plus 320. I can't, I just can't say it enough. I think this is by far the best team. And we've kind of seen it this series with the Dinos is that the Dinos have actually, uh, you know, especially in that first game, looked a bit overmatched, which is, which is crazy. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, historically speaking, the Doosan Bears have been the best team in the KBO far and away. They are they are the Yankees plus the Dodgers, you know, really of the of the KBO historically. Is it uh, you know, why why is it that this is a down year for them? Is it is it the bullpen? Are they just are, you know, some of their star players getting older? Like what is what is the you know, the systemic issue why the Bears are listed as six to one favorites to win the KBO outright this season? Well, the bullpen has not helped, so let's put it that way. I mean, the bullpen started out brutal. It has been getting better. And when I say better, they're up to a 5.65 ERA, which is seventh in the league. They were, you know, at the bottom for a while. Uh, but the starting pitching has not been great for this team either. Chris Flexen, who left the game last night with injury, has been inconsistent to say the least. He had started to get it going. But, like, look at the FIPS in this starting rotation. Young Ha Lee, 4-8-1. He, Kwan Yu, who just cannot strike anyone out. The dude has an 8.8% K rate this year, which is almost the same as his walk rate. 4-8-3 FIP. And Wan Jun Choi, who's, who's thrown 34 innings, 4-9-5 FIP. So you look at, you know, this, this starting rotation, and three of the guys are bordering on, like, being SP5s. And you've got to start three of them, you know, out of five days. It's no wonder this team has struggled. If this flexing injury is legit, all of a sudden you're talking about a team that has Raul Alcantara who has been coming around. I mean, Alcantara has been one of the most dominant pitchers in the league over the course of the last, like, three to four weeks. He's up to a 22.1% K rate, which is higher than Flexen. He's a guy who throws 97 miles an hour in a league where you just don't see that. But to just have a bad bullpen and an offense that struggles, you know, three out of five, or sorry, a, a starting rotation that struggles three out of five days during the week, their offense is awesome, but it can't plug all those holes in the pitching. They really do need to, to, to figure it out because there's just too many issues in the pitching staff. Maybe if they had just a few poor starters or maybe if the bullpen just stunk, they could get away with it. But with both those things happening, I'm not sure they can. 
So outside of the Kiwoom Heroes, which by the way, uh, I agree with you. I'm going to go ahead and uh, and get on this wager as well. Do you see any value in the LG Twins, in the Kia Tigers, in the Lot Giants, or in the KT Wiz? You know, it seems like the Lions, the Wyverns, and the Eagles are just, they, you know, they are the the relegation fodder of uh, of the KBO this year. They are just, you know, really, they are are not good enough to be considered even really contenders for the playoffs at this point. But I mean, there were there was a time in the season there where the Kia Tigers and the Lot Giants were, you know, they, they were hot names, especially at the beginning. Yeah, I don't think the bottom teams have much of a chance in the Eagles and Wyverns. The Wyverns did just sign Tyler White, if you remember him. He is uh, an all-time favorite DFS guy of mine. He was always, like, minimum priced on fans. For the Astros, yeah. For the Astros, left-hander, who had the similar ISOs to basically everyone else and was never owned. Um, But I don't think that's, that's enough there. So I think the LG Twins, I still have some faith in them, although there have been some concerning signs. Casey Kelly and Tyler Wilson have not been pitching as well as I thought they would, and these don't appear to be top-tier starters right now. I mean, we're talking about two guys with under 18% K rates. Uh, They've both been struggling with homers. Both these guys in the same rotation, exactly a .9 home run per nine rate, FIPS over four. Those were expected to be the two aces on this team. If they're not going to be the aces, I think the LG Twins are in trouble, especially because I did a you know a breakdown last night of Chan Hyung Jung, who has been their just guy who kind of came out of nowhere, a 23.5% K rate this year. Um, but the reason that I liked stacking against him in his last game was that five of his games had come against the Wyverns, Eagles, and Lions this year. And the other two games, he had been crushed. And so he had been excellent against the bottom, literally the bottom three teams when you look at the futures. Um, But then when he faced the Doosan Bears and the NC Dinos, he had an 18% K rate and ERA over five compared to like a two ERA in the other games. And once again, the Lotte Giants unloaded on him last night, 15 runs. So now you look at your top three as a guy who's been fortunate because of the matchups, Kelly and Wilson. And while I still think this is a deep rotation, it just doesn't have a true number one. And Roberto Ramos has slowed down. So I'm showing, or I feel trepidation in this LG Twins team that I didn't feel earlier in the year when I thought we were going to get true ace seasons out of the tr- out of the two Americans at the top of the rotation. Yeah, uh, I think those are some very interesting insights on the KBO. I would I would definitely say. Just looking at at the roster, the Kiwoom heroes, they got to be the bet because they are, it, it just seems like they're better than the Dinos and, you know, the way things would end up playing out. Like, for example, if the Dinos and the Heroes played each other, you'd be getting a worse series price than this. But we are going to go ahead and head into break here on the Daily Roto Hour on Sports Grid TV. When we return, we are going to take a look at some of the MLB player news as we get startlingly close to the start of the MLB season. See you guys on the other side of break here in just a moment. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, 
Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back from break here at the Daily Roto Hour on Sports Grid TV. I am Davis Manick, joined by Ricky Sanders as we continue to break down the wide world of baseball today on uh, on the show. We are transitioning from KBO chatter to Major League Baseball talk because we are starting to get loads of news rolling in. We have guys who are opting out of the season, guys who are uh, wearing masks on the field. You know, I, I think I want to talk a little bit about that later, just how I expect that to uh, to impact guys' swings and stuff like that. But Ricky, um, our boy, Michael Kopech, he's opted out. He's, he's saying he's taking his 104-mile-an-hour fastball, and he is going home, not playing for the Chicago White Sox this year. How do we, how do we feel? Yeah, it's hard to blame him. The guy's dealing with anxiety, and obviously COVID is a time that's you know an anxious time for even the people who probably don't typically suffer from anxiety. But, I mean, we are talking about things from a betting and daily fantasy perspective, so... I think we would be hard-pressed not to mention just how much this crushes what I liked about the White Sox. I really liked the thought of Michael Kopech stepping in and being kind of the guy to solidify everything here with the White Sox. Because you look at the rest of the pitching staff, and I think Giolito has the potential to be an ace. 
he is the, also has the potential to come back down to earth just a little bit from last year. Uh, I mean, it was a ridiculous year. Let's let's call it what it was. I think he's a very good pitcher, but it would have been nice to have another elite prospect arm lurking here. Uh, beyond him, you've got Dallas Keuchel, Reynaldo Lopez, Dylan Cease, Gio Gonzalez, and presumably Carlos Rodon, who I think pitches his way into this rotation just as long as he's healthy. But I don't like, at the end of a, uh, this rotation, having to deal with one of, you know, Reynaldo Lopez, Dylan Cease, Gio Gonzalez, assuming health. And I don't think you can assume full health in a 60-game season. So all of a sudden, if one guy gets hurt, you're looking at a rotation of, like, Giolito, Carlos Rodon, Dallas Keuchel uh, being it. And you take one of those guys out. I just think there's there's too many holes to plug now in that you know, starting pitching rotation without the prospects of Kopech. And that's before we even talk about the fact that Yohan Makata has COVID. So, I mean, talk about the guy that we, we loved in the middle of this lineup, not that this lineup still doesn't have potential, um, but looking at the projected, you know, opening day lineups now, you're talking about a guy like Danny Mendick, who I don't think a lot of people know. And by the way, what a great last name in Mendick, but that's not Yohan Makata. I mean, Chesler Cuthbert's a guy who has shown the ability to hit against left-handed pitching a bit. But if there's no Yohan Mankata, all of a sudden this deep lineup we were talking about with, you know, Luis Robert hitting eighth. Uh, now you've got Nomar Mazzara hitting seventh, and, it, like, that resembles the Rangers from last year. I mean, Mazzara often hit further down the lineup, so you don't have, like, this crazy outlier lineup. And I think that improves the Indians' prospects at plus 260 if we lose faith in the White Sox at plus 310 to win the division. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think that I think that the basically just the idea that we thought the White Sox when we were doing our division previews, we kind of thought they were one of these high ceiling teams. Right. We thought there was a chance that, OK, if, uh, you know, four or five things go right for them, you know, all of a sudden they could be one of the best teams in the division. And now it basically appears like, you know, that that's just not going to happen. They're not they are not going to be one of these teams that hits their ceiling right away. And it, it might take a year, you know, it might take a couple years or, or it might not happen at all. So, you know, kind of like we, we are we are uh, we are probably kind of just all in on the uh, on the Cleveland Indians now. Yeah, the one good thing about the White Sox now that I will say is you probably see a lot of Adam Engel and Luis Robert in the outfield at the same time. So if you're trying to help out pitchers who are iffy, I mean, that is just an unbelievable setup defensively. But you're losing out on too much offense without Yohan Makata, and you're just losing out on too much without Kopech. And, yeah, because of all the stuff you're losing out on, you got to like the Indians now. I mean, I love the futures now for guys like Jose Ramirez, Francisco Lindor in the MVP race because not only does it take out, you know, Kopech um, having to potentially face him every fifth day, but it – increases the odds that the Indians could be a team that shock everyone. And you want players on good teams when betting the MVP. And I think Lindor and Ramirez are guys who are, you know, they're, they're way back in terms of, uh, you know, number. Like, look, uh, for the MVP in the American League, Trout 195, Judge 950, Lindor 12 to 1. Jose Ramirez, 25 to 1. So you're getting really good numbers on these guys, hitting in the middle of a team that should be quite good. Uh, you got basically a great 1 through 6 in this lineup, depending on, on where you you know slot in Domingo Santana, Oscar Mercado. You could have a, a very good 1 through 7. 
And you've got just better pitching than the White Sox. Bieber, Clevenger, Carrasco, Savale, Plesak. Uh, I mean, one through three, there might not be a better you know, rotation in the entire American league. So I was going to say, I was going to say the reds and, uh, and the nationals are, but yeah, in the American league, I think you're right. Exactly. So, I mean, we, we've talked about the twins potentially being like a shaky team to, to win the division. Uh, you're getting 2.6 to one with the Indians in a, in a or in a year, excuse me, with 60 games and two teams that are probably dead from the get go. So, I mean, do you think they have more than a one in four chance to win this division? I certainly do. Yeah, I mean, I think when you eliminate, you know, once you once you eliminate um, the White Sox from a team that you expect to contend at all, I think that it I think that it becomes a lot closer between you know between the Twins and the Indians, and I think the Twins hitting one through nine is better for sure. But the Cleveland starters are far better. So, you know, and and over 60 games, Ricky, I don't think I have a real opinion yet on, you know, what's like, what what would I rather have? Like three stud pitchers or like six, you know, 330 Woba or better hitters? Like, I like, I don't know. I, I don't know what's better because I think the 60 game stuff is so weird. Yeah, it's honestly impossible to know uh, just how ready the hitters are. I think the advantage probably goes to the pitchers with how, what limited time they have to get ready without knowing what hitters have been doing at home. But it seems very difficult to come in for like three weeks, see pitching for the first time for the entire offseason, which was extended, and then just be ready to hit major league pitching. So I wonder if pitching numbers are up this year and strikeouts are up in concurrence with that. And it wouldn't shock me, just like talking about these two teams and thinking it through, like, would it shock you if Carlos Carrasco has a better year than Jose Barrios if, if Carrasco is, is fully healthy? And you're talking no. about the, the number three on Cleveland versus the clear number one on the Twins. So that's really scary when you think about it like that. Uh, to go ahead and take the Twins is a massive, massive favorite. Well, no, the uh, Hinjin Ryu is the, is the best pitcher on the Twins, right? Uh, he's he's on Toronto now. If who am I thinking of? They have they have Maeda. some. All right, well, Maeda is probably Maeda. Me. Yeah, well, that was uh that was bad of me. That was bad of me. Yeah, Kenta Maeda is their is their number one starter. Yeah, he probably is. Uh, in in all reality, I mean, I like Barrios, but I think he's best suited as a number two on a very good team, potentially even a number three. Uh, I just don't think you're gonna ever get. Barrios as like the dominant dominant ace he's 26 years old now uh, I think he's a very good pitcher in this league I don't think he's the next Max Scherzer or anything like that yeah and I mean so this is why I this will give people uh, maybe a clearer view of why we are so high on uh, on the Cleveland Indians so this is the projected ERAs for the five guys who are projected to start for Minnesota. Uh, it's Barrios at 436, Odorizzi at 434, Maeda at 449. And, I mean, Ricky, this team is theoretically supposed to win, you know, uh, you know, the division, but their fourth and fifth starters are Homer Bailey and Rich Hill. Like, that, that I mean, having to start Homer Bailey at 34, Rich Hill at the age of 40, uh, it's uh, it's not a particularly great scene for uh, for the Minnesota Twins. No, not at all. I mean, 
can you even trust that Rich Hill will be there in the playoffs? I mean, he's a 40-year-old arm who's been hurt for quite some time now. I just don't know how you can expect his health for any length of time. I guess you could argue that, like, Devin Smeltzer or some of these guys who are the long relievers can step in if need be. But I don't really think there's there's a lot to, to love here. Matt Whistler has some, you know, starting experience, too, out of this bullpen. But you're talking about getting really thin towards the end of a rotation where I think, like, Aaron Savale, the fourth starter on Cleveland, has legitimate like starter three upside. Uh, he's not a guy who misses a ton of bats, but he pounds the strike zone. Uh, I think he could be a good pitcher. I, I really don't know what the upside is for the guys like Homer Bailey or Rich Hill. It's just really tough to gauge, and I don't think it's the same as it would be for, for Savale. Yeah, and okay, so to give people an idea, you know, again, in the difference of projections using zips uh, on roster resource from Fangraphs, Shane Bieber projected 363, Clevenger projected 367, Carrasco's projected 384. Obviously, there is a huge uh, delta in his ceiling and his floor projection because he has been so good in his career and he has also been really bad in his career. And then as far as uh, Savali goes, you know, what do you what do you really want to do? He's only pitched... Uh, uh, in 10 games, 57 innings at Major League Baseball. When he was in the minor leagues, he was basically one of the best pitchers in AAA overall. And he's only 25 years old. So it's actually kind of weird, you know, thinking about football, like 25 is old, but in baseball, 25 is young. Obviously, a lot of us are starting to think now about uh, about football more and more. But that is one of the things I, I find really interesting. And then that's also, you know, they have a little bit of upside with Plesak, not as much as with Savali. Uh, he's also 25, but uh, Plesak was not quite as good for as long in Major League Baseball, but I mean, maybe they have, Ricky, maybe they have five guys who beat a four-run ERA, which would be incredible. Yeah, and by the way, people hate, like, the old guys in fantasy. Not only has Corey Kluber looked good so far, but let's talk Carlos Carrasco for a second. I mean, he was, quote-unquote, bad last year in 23 appearances. He His XFIP was basically in line with his career. He had a three-and-a-half XFIP, which for an American League pick, pitcher is excellent compared to 3-2-3 for his career. He struggled with the home run ball. Otherwise, I mean, I don't really see a whole lot. The BABIP was way up, but he had the same K rate as his as had been you know accustomed the last two years over 28 percent for the third straight year he had under a five percent walk rate which was his lowest and it was the homers that killed him 2.02 home run per nine rate was his highest since his rookie year and he had a 354 BABIP despite the fact that the left on base rate was the same as usual like I think Carrasco was just unlucky last year it would not surprise me at all if he bounces back and he has a sub four ERA season like is predicted and honestly competes for the strikeout lead in the American League. I, I love Carlos Carrasco as a bounce back candidate. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm in on that as well. So guys, we are going to go ahead and head into break here real quick on the Daily Roto Hour on Sports Grid TV. When we return, we are going to go ahead and take a look at some of the news and notes around Major League Baseball right now, getting everyone ready for the return from COVID-19 and uh, seeing baseball inside the, uh, the theoretical bubble. So we will see you guys on the other side of break in just a few moments. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're watching Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Daily Roto Hour here on Sports Grid TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by Ricky Sanders, transferring now to some MLB player news. Yasiel Puig has signed with the Atlanta Braves, uh, a pretty interesting signing, Ricky. You know, I got to say, lifelong Puig believer, I, uh, I'm, I'm on board with this one. Super interesting that, uh, you know, they kind of had a crowded outfield, but to me, I guess maybe this means they don't want to play Marquecas, I guess, this year. Uh, Marquecas opted out. So, I mean, this that's Braves, that's this why. Braves, yeah, this Braves team is losing guys by the minute. Freddie Freeman, obviously dealing with the virus. You've got uh, now Yasiel Puig kind of taking that fourth outfielder role um, from Nick Marquecas. And now all of a sudden you look at a team, Marcelo Zuna 
Ender Enciarte. Uh, I guess you could DH Austin Riley and obviously Ronald Acuna Jr. are the guys in the outfield. Like I think Yasiel Puig is going to play. I mean, how do you how do you not play him some uh, if you add him to this mix? I know he has had his struggles against left-handers, still gives you a power bat against right-handed pitching, and what Yasiel Puig definitely gives you is a strong outfield arm, uh, which, you, which you love to see as a pitcher. I mean, we kind of already talked about, like, the White Sox defensively. Uh, you look at this rotation, even the top guy pitches to contact more than you would like to see in Mike Soroka. Max Fried can miss some bats. I think everyone else is a bit of a wild card. So what better way to kind of try and cover that up than to put someone like a Yasiel Puig who can throw guys out from the outfield? Um, I think he's a meaningful addition, but I don't think he's going to change the, the loss of Freddie Freeman or anything like that. Basically, this team is going to go as Freddie Freeman goes, and if they don't have Freeman, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Without Freddie Freeman, this team takes a, a pretty big hit. But, I mean, let's give Yasiel Puig his due. Uh, he has played in over 850 Major League Baseball games, over 3,300 plate appearances. He has an isolated slugging of 198, a weighted on-base average for his career of 352. Um, the bat the bat has him this year for a 217 ISO and a 341 weighted on-base average. In terms of free agent signings, like guys you're literally picking up uh, two weeks before the season starts, I it. it like it does not get better than this. This is like this is like the Brewers signing Mustakas for one year, five million dollars last year. Just one of those signings that makes me look at like the economics of baseball are messed up if this guy is not on a team. Well, funny enough that we started with KBO because the rumors were KBO teams were showing interest in Yasiel Puig, which I, I found hard to believe that like MLB teams are gonna pass on this guy. I know he's not a perfect player, but I thought he was more deserving of being like a role player or sorry, you know, a star player in the KBO as opposed to a role player in the MLB. So I'm happy he found a team. I would have, for selfish reasons, loved to have seen him be the guy to join like the SK Wyverns instead and just see how many homers, see if he, he could hit. Exactly. Like Eric Thames is a guy who was consistently crushing 50 plus would have loved to see Yasiel Puig do the same thing. But again, I feel like he belonged on a major league roster. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely agree that he belonged on a, a major league baseball roster. So uh, some of the other, some of the other news that we are getting is uh, Charlie Blackman has been placed on the disabled list right now. Now, it's not clear if he's on there with an actual injury, if he's on there because of COVID-19, or if he's already recovered from his bout with uh, with the coronavirus and it's on there for procedural you know, reasons or whatever. But in terms of fantasy baseball purposes, if Blackman was to miss you know, let's say a month of the season or whatever, and they're playing those games in cores, uh, that's going to be like a, a massive, massive impact on fantasy baseball for sure. Yeah, Charlie Blackman, just one of the best all-around players in fantasy baseball, especially when he can play half his games in Coors Field. And, I mean, you, look, you love to look at the splits, right, for guys playing at home and playing away in Coors Field. And Charlie Blackman was always a guy in daily fantasy who would get – uh, ownership at home against right-handed pitching. And, and Charlie's just one of those guys who's a good hitter on both sides of the plate. Career 359 Wobo, 109 WRC plus against left-handed pitching, almost a 200 ISO, 176. So I never thought he got enough credit for, for being as good as he did, considering 
Home against right-handed pitching for his career, 422 Woba. Home against lefties, 417 Woba. You look at the career on the road number, just a 301 Woba against lefties on the road. So wasn't great on the road, as we know is the case uh, for a lot of these Colorado hitters. But Charlie Blackman was a guy that you should be starting, regardless of who he's facing at home. Uh, was a guy who's won me personally some tournaments, you know, against left-handed pitchers. I think Drew Pomerantz was one of the games that that I recall Charlie Blackman hitting multiple homers. But without him, uh, I guess it's a combination of Matt Kemp and Rymel Tapia. I think Matt Kemp should get the the nod against. Uh, left-handed pitching against right-handed right. pitching. It, it'll be interesting to see what they do, whether they go with a 26-year-old Tapia, who I'm not sure there's much potential, or they, they see what's left in the tank with, with Matt Kemp and just try and win games. I think Matt Kemp should probably play three out of four days, but he was a non-roster invite, so there, there's still some risk to drafting Matt Kemp. I think Sam Hilliard you know, moves up this lineup. That's the guy who like we, we feel probably plays every day now and should be drafted in all fantasy leagues now. Such a shame that uh, that Tapia is not any good because he looks so perfect in the Rockies uniform. He's got the the cool dreadlocks. He has a really cool swing. Uh, he's like a really good defensive player. Just kind of you know just kind of carries himself with some swagger out there. And uh, it's it's just a shame that he is not a particularly uh, good baseball player because he would be he would be a fantastic Rocky um, if he was. Uh, okay, so moving on. Some other news seems like Jose Peraza is one out. Out the everyday second base job over uh, Michael Chavez at uh, at second base for the Red Sox. So, which is you know I think a little bit of a surprise because correct me if I'm wrong, Ricky, but Michael Michael uh, Chavez was supposed to be like you know this amazing prospect for the Red Sox. Like he was supposed to come up and be a guy who was ready to be like a 340 Woba guy like kind of right away. And he was for a while. I mean, he set the world on fire for quite a bit of time. Uh, 18 homers in 95 games last year. Yeah, like that's not bad, especially for uh, a 24-year-old. No, I'm really shocked to see this news. Uh, I like Jose Peraza. I think he's more of a utility guy in all, you know, if in an ideal world. But you look at Chavis, he did fall apart in the second half last year. In the first half, a 337 Wilma, 105 WRC+. Plus. After the break, I mean, he was striking out a ton in the first half. It went up even a little bit. He struck out at a 33% rate both halves of the season, but 33.3, so exactly a third of his plate appearances after the All-Star break with a 275 Woba and 64 WRC+. So I thought he would get another shot, being that it was his first year, but... I guess not. I guess they're going with the speedy Jose Peraza. They probably, you know, want to replace Mookie Betts towards the top of the lineup, want to give him a shot to, you know, steal some bases there. Uh, I don't know. I think this should be a case where you you platoon the two and you give them both a shot. I mean, they're both right-handed hitters, so you don't really have the opportunity to go lefty-righty. But I am with you. I'm kind of shocked that a 24, almost 25-year-old Chavis doesn't get a second go-around after, you know, that first half and just consider that second half, you know, him adjusting. I don't know. I, I thought he was worthy of, of starting at least, you know, the first 10 games or so and see and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to me, it just, it seems like a weird decision from an organization that is like big on analytics and, you know, making the, like basically making the correct decision to, you know, figure out 
you know, are like what is going to benefit us most over the uh, m- most over the long term, and uh, like I, like what is what is what is Jose Peraza going to do for for Boston this year? Because they're not going to win the division. They're not even close to the World Series favorites. Uh, like Peraza is a good guy to be a good bench bat for a World Series team, but you're you're much more likely to increase the ceiling of your team long term if Chavez ends up being really good. Yeah, and like looking at the defensive metrics from Jose Peraza, who is very fast. I mean, he's been a below average fielder for some years now. So I really don't understand it when you take that into consideration that below average arm, below average in defensive runs saved. Yeah, yeah, not like not like he's uh, Omar Vizquel or whatever out there. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, like, if that were the case, that would make sense. But that just adds more context to the fact that, like, at best, this should be a split. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, Some other news that we have for the Texas Rangers. Isaiah Keener-Falefa is going to be the starting third base MN every single day for the Texas Rangers, which is odd, I guess, because that means Todd Frazier's too old to play third base, and they're going to play him at first base now. But, uh, Ricky, I'm a long-term Gregory Bird truther, and uh, I was kind of looking forward to seeing him get some everyday plate appearances against right-handed pitching for Texas, uh, which is uh, you know, it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a bummer for me personally. Yeah, and what a strange third baseman Isaiah Kiner Falefa is. I would double-check your league to see if he qualifies a catcher. He should in most, I think. Exactly, because if you're getting a guy who plays every day who can give you that, that's where he matters in fantasy. He doesn't really matter in reality all that much, to be honest. He's hitting at the bottom of a a very iffy lineup. There are some hitters I like in this lineup, by the way. Obviously, Joey Gallo. I think Nick Solak is a guy in deeper leagues you want to give a look to. He's a guy who just puts the ball in play a ton. But kind of a a singles hitter. Um, I mean, good luck, Rangers, with, with that guy as your starting third baseman. He's he's a backup catcher in, in an ideal world, and this is not a great team. Let's put it that way. No, no, it uh, no, it definitely is not. Uh, we uh, we still do, like, I think Trout's going to sit out. I, w- I want to officially put this take out there. Uh, I, think, I think Mike Trout is not going to play this year. I, I, I want that to be officially on the record. I think that's a legitimate possibility, and... I mean, you talk about super prospects that you want to be drafting. Uh, there is a super prospect who is going to they're, be in They're it. not. Joe Adele is not playing this year either. You don't think so? I think that gives him a, a legit opportunity if there's no Trout. Well, I guess, and we can talk about this when we come back from break about service time stuff. But obviously, you know, if Michael Trout is not playing... The Angels are not; they might not even win 25 games if if Trout doesn't play. So there is there is absolutely no reason for them to start the service clock for Joe Adele, who's like a super mega prospect who might end up being like a, a franchise direction changing player. So there's no reason for them to start the service time for him. But we can actually have that discussion with some more player news stuff when we get back in just a few moments here on the Daily Roto Hour. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back from break here at the Daily Roto Hour on SportsGrid TV. I am Davis Maddock, joined today by Ricky Sanders. We are going around the world of baseball because we started with the KBO, chatted some key womb heroes, futures, and now we are moving back over to Major League Baseball as we are getting exceedingly close to the restart of the 2020. I guess not restart. They they had a little bit of, little bit of spring training. Now we are moving into full-on baseball returning. And, uh, you know, so I think... I think, Ricky, we need to start with a conversation about service time. Uh, I, I think that basically it seems like it's going to be much harder for these teams to manipulate service time this year because one day of Major League Baseball is going to count 3x what it would have been in a regular season. So one day, uh, you know, being on the 40-man roster or being up on the 25-man Major League Baseball roster is going to count for three days of service time. So I I think teams are basically going to either go, you're coming up and you're staying with the team and we we are converting you, we are starting your clock, or that's it, you're staying down. Like, I don't think there's going to be an up and down purpose of, of manipulation is basically kind of what I think. 
So I think Nate Pearson is where we should start with this conversation because I was reading an article in Forbes that basically if they hold him back seven days, they get an additional year on, on Nate Pearson. So that How seems, crooked is this system? I mean, it's, 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 it's one of the worst things about sports. It really is. It's pathetic that, you know, these guys can't just they can't just figure it out where if they start the season on the roster, you just get, you, you know, you can figure out a contract dispute where both sides are winners. Uh, the fact that the fans have to suffer through a week of not seeing the best talent is frustrating. And this year, you know, seven out of 60 games is a significant chunk of the season. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that is, that's, that's massive. It's a little bit less, obviously, with a pitching prospect because you can set them up that, like, you know, maybe they pitch one, they pitch, like, four innings one day on three innings rest, and then you're pretty much, uh, you're, you're pretty much caught up. There is, uh, you know, there's a, 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 the other side of this coin is teams that are bad. Like, we are not going to see Casey Mize. We are not going to see Matt Manning this year. And, you know, as someone who, like, loves baseball, loves, like, loves the prospects, like, it just, we're, we're not going to get to see those guys this year. And uh, I, I kind of, like, I, I wonder if this was a, this was the MLBPA winning, right? Like, this was actually probably something they put in the bargaining to, you know, get guys their their full payment. But what's actually going to happen is the good, the good, minor leaguers on bad teams are just not going to get to play this year like they they like at all yeah that's the problem is we've already seen some of these major leaguers hold sandlot style games we've already heard of two of such reported games where like mlb players have gone out on their own and played against one one another like i think that's what these minor leaguers are going to end up doing because they're sitting out an entire year uh and if they're not you know, getting better during this, this actually could cost them multiple years because what if Casey Mize sits on his couch for the remainder of the year doing the bow flex uh, and he comes back next year and there's not quite as much break on his curveball. He doesn't have the command of the curveball. Yep. All of a sudden he's got to spend half a season figuring his mechanics back out, figuring everything back out. Uh, it's just not fair. So the fact that there's no, you know, minor league season and some of these guys are going to get paid, that aspect is great, but you know, the real payday is the major league payday. And if these guys can't show their talents and they got to, you know, hone back in when the MLB players already had 60 games of being honed in this summer, they're playing from behind while they're already playing from behind because they're younger. I mean, I just, I don't even know if there is any way to quantify how disastrous this year is going to be for top prospects, right? Because they are Likely not going to get a face a ton of live pitching. I mean, sure, you know, maybe Alec Baum and Spencer Howard, you know, they get to go, they're going to, they're going to be in the gym every day. You know, those guys are going to be what probably hitting like slow pitch stuff or maybe hitting out of a machine, but they're not going to get to go see, you know, changeups, right? They're not going to get to go see 12, six curveballs. Like they just are, are not going to get those reps that like, basically we know for baseball, it's the highest rep sport it's why guys take longer to develop it's why you know it's incredibly rare to see like 19 20 year olds playing in major league baseball because it's all about learning to recognize and and develop muscle memory with the reps and these guys are literally might go a year without getting a real live rep yeah i mean dynasty leagues this year if you're doing like similar payouts to normal this is the year to trade your prospects i think if we're talking about yeah. like far away prospects uh, if you see yourself at the beginning of the year being competitive 
I would trade these like 19 year olds who are going to lose a year. I mean, if you thought your 19 year old was expected to be up in 2023, it might be 2025 now, which is crazy to say, but you, but losing a year of not be, you know, for hitters, a part of the game is being able to recognize the pitch out of a hand. So the more hand motions you see from the pitcher, the more curveballs to see, the more everything. Like you mentioned, you develop not only that muscle memory, but the ability to act quickly and recognize pitches quickly. And if you're sitting on the couch doing other things or just not seeing baseballs thrown from major league pitchers and instead from pitching machines where the spin is so, so much more obvious – you lose that, and you got to gain it back. And I, I mean, these edge minor, or sorry, major leaguers who's got like a a, a loose grip on their job, the grip's going to get a, a lot tighter when you see that these guys who haven't been there for a while have to figure it out. I mean, it's just like you mentioned, you can't quantify the damage. Yeah, and you know there are guys who probably could help their major league teams right now but because of the way that the service time was ruled like joe adele the guy we were just talking about before we headed to break i is there any doubt that he would be the third best outfielder for los angeles right now like like why like what what re, like he could maybe even dh for them on some days but basically the fact that that team is not that good right they're they're just like they're just okay and they're probably not going to win the World Series, and they would rather have Joe Adele's service time for next year as opposed to starting his clock and gambling yeah. this year. And the, the the crappy thing about this service time thing is now is that you see the expected dates. Joe Adele is the number one prospect in the entire organization, overall number four. Brandon Marsh likely comes up ahead of him now because they're less worried about his service time. He's the number two prospect in the organization. He's an outfielder. But it's clear that Joe Adele should get the call before him if it was based purely on merit. But because money is involved, I think Marsh might be the guy sooner in a major league lineup, especially if there's no trout. And that just sucks. You hate to see you know a guy who's actually worse getting the call just because of money. I mean, that yeah. that sucks. Now, on the other hand, you know, there are some guys who are going to win as a result of this. Gavin Lux and Dustin May, who play for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, I mean, Lux is probably going to—I mean, they're—, they're First of all, Lux and May are both going to start on the major league roster. Like they're already in camp and everything, but Lux might be like kind of like an everyday player for the Dodgers or at least a, a platoon player for them. These guys are going to get to hit free agency maybe two years early, right? Uh, because because of how inflated this is. Like if you are if you are a rookie for the or not a rookie, but uh, you know still on that that rookie draft contract, and your clock gets started, and you you're on the roster for a whole year and those days get multiplied by three, like this might be like a total windfall for Gavin Lux and Dustin May. Yeah, and I mean, looking at the service time on these guys, Gavin Lux still has three minor league options, but it's funny because this year, you're just not that worried about it. You know, normally you'd be like, ah, they called this guy up. It's probably in flux whether he's going to continue because they can just send him back down. But where are they going to send him down to? They're Again, I hate to keep using the couch reference, but they're sending him home to, to watch Netflix if he's not on that major league roster. So you might as well, when you're a team that's, 
the favorite from the National League. Keep developing this prospect at the bottom of your lineup. You can literally hit him ninth. Uh, he's a big winner. Like you mentioned, uh, May is a big winner, and I think May is probably the likeliest candidate to step into this rotation if and when there's an injury. I think Luis Robert, although he already signed a contract, so it's a little bit different. I mean, these guys who are going to get to play in the major leagues this year as opposed to those prospects who are going to have to sit out have such a crazy advantage. On prospect lists, I think you need to move anyone who's going to get at bats this year up ahead of guys who are just not massive yeah i i agree a couple of the other interesting guys brendan mckay for the rays now they don't necessarily need brendan mckay but they might at some point during the year you know if they have if they have two pitching injuries and like a first base injury or something like that they, they would be they would like mckay is such a useful guy because he can hit and he can pitch I would imagine that they would just want to have him on the 40-man roster, or I actually think it's been expanded all the way to 60-man. Like, I would just imagine that they would want him to be with the team from day one because they can kill two birds with one stone for his roster spot. And you know, the Rays are famously, you know, one of the cheapest organizations in, uh, you know, really all of professional sports, not just professional baseball. But I, I think that because of the unique circumstances of the situation, it might end up being a, a pretty big win for Brendan McKay. Exactly. There's just multiple ways they can use him. They need him to figure out his control to be able to use him in that starting rotation. But they can also hit him in the lineup, although they do have a bunch of lefties. And, you know, they are cheap, but they did dish out for Yoshihito Sutsugo this year. Uh, two right. years, $12 million. So not exactly, like, massive in terms of a, a major league contract. But they did give him something. Uh, but... Yeah, like you mentioned, they're balling on a budget. And when you're balling on a budget, you love those guys that can just do everything. And you you look at the lineup uh, against right-handed pitching. They've got Susugu probably you know slid in there at DH and Iman Choi at first base. But you can you can find opportunities for bats for him uh, if you sit one of those guys. You play Susugu, you know, potentially in the outfield. There, there's ways you could. You could go about getting K enough at bats, or excuse me, McKay enough at bats, to to warrant him being with the team. Yeah, uh, I think that's probably true. One last guy who is probably going to get a little bit of uh, a little bit of value here. Kyle Wright is probably going to make the uh, Atlanta Braves opening day roster initially as a long reliever, but he is their kind of their best pitching prospect and a guy with, uh, by the way, a mean sinker in MLB, the show 20. I, I think that uh, I think he ends up being another winner of this and, and gets to, uh, you know, gets to free agency a year earlier. He might end up being their third starter by the time the year's all over. If Mike Fultonevich still can't figure out the velocity and Sean Newcomb is Sean Newcomb, or Kyle Wright could end up being a big part of this Braves team. And those of you in deep leagues, you know, American League only, circle this guy's name because I think he could be meaningful. Yeah, I definitely think that. So I think, you know, just a, a lot of interesting stuff to think uh, as it relates to prospects, you know, one of the things we talk about in the futures market is guys who are going to get, you know, some value from the pros like, you know, teams that are going to get value from prospects coming up. And we're not really going to have that this year, which is one of the things that we talked about in the second segment with the Chicago White Sox. So I am uh, I'm just very interested to see the way that all of this plays out for Major League Baseball teams in 2020 and in 2021 when they're dealing with all of this um, arrested development. But everyone, thank you very much for listening and watching the Daily Roto Hour here on Sports Grid TV. When we return tomorrow, we will have even more sports and sports betting content for all of you guys.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. 
So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.